Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Rich Castillo, who plays saxophone for the band The Callous Dowboys. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on caffeinated crew today on the podcast joined by rich uh he's a he's a wind instrument player saxophone yeah saxophonist <laughs> uh how are you doing this morning good good how are you i'm doing well uh i'm excited to talk about the intricacies of playing your instrument uh in a band that as is famously noisy um so i'm pretty excited just to hear from your perspective how that's been but first uh let's let's dive into some coffee sure yeah what, what you got going on over there right now um we just got a new bag from reanimator coffee in philadelphia um i forget it's a rwandan coffee mm. i forget where the region is um but yeah it's a rwandan coffee um i just took my first sip of it hold on Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good. I'm a I'm a huge fan of um like African coffees and that that area. That's my favorite. Um like my wife is more of a, like a South American, Central American, and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm Eastern Hemisphere kind of guy. <laughs> so is she uh when it for like the South Americans, is she more traditional or is she like on the funky side? Um no, even yes, yeah, so she's more traditional. Like she okay. does, like she does, like the nat, like the the natural process and stuff, and like the fermented stuff, but like not as much as I do. Um, yeah, it's I'm like I'm a huge fan of it. I yeah. don't know why. Just some, like the first, yeah, the first time I had it, I was like, oh, that's fantastic, and like I've just been that's been my favorite ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with like the anaerobic and stuff, like <laughs> just like there's so many different kinds and i'm like it doesn't matter what you call it like as long as it has that like funky taste i'm in i'm, I'm down for it um but she like she does like to stick to traditional mm-hmm. um like wash process uh you know central american kind of stuff that's her that's her bag like chocolatey more like straight up like coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> taste you know like <laughs> like it, like the best kind of diner coffee like yeah. you can imagine that's that's what she likes but i like when it's like got the floral notes and the the I love the juicy and like the citrusy notes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's funny. Like whenever we whenever we do buy coffee, I end up like buying an Eastern bag and a Central American <laughs> bag just to make us both happy. That's how it was in my house for a while because I am very much a third wave person where it's like yeah, the the weirdest shit that you can find. I want to drink it. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife is originally from Mexico. So her coffee taste growing up was very different than I guess when I was getting into coffee. Um, so she was more used to the traditional Central American mm-hmm. style, like nutty, chocolatey, yep. very good. You know, right. like you can great get great coffee yeah, no, there. I love it still, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for a while, I think we were buying like varieties of two different bags just to get yeah. her taste and my taste. Um, but now we just have endless amounts of coffee at the house <laughs> because. I'm obligated to. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm happy that you brought up some anaerobic stuff because I'm drinking. It's from Pirates of Coffee, uh, okay. which is out of Toronto. I mean, not they're from Toronto, Toronto area. Um, but it's their fizzy cherry cola. Uh, it's their Colombian anaerobic. And it is weird. It sounds weird. Never yeah. heard of a coffee being named like that. It's, it's it's got so it's got like a kind of a cherry pomegranate like grenadine taste. Cool. That's awesome. Um, so it's definitely got that almost fermenty um, cherry flavor. Right. But it's also got like a a sweet syrupy like cola taste. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it's weird. It, it almost tasted darker than I expected, um, but it's it's good. They still have like some of the. Central American like taste or the Colombian taste, whatever you said. Yeah, it does. Uh, I think it comes through on that syrupy note. Um, okay. A lot of those washed Colombians like traditionally had uh, what do they they call it like molasses a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it does have that, but I would say it's almost a bit sweeter than like a, a molasses flavor. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the things I find, like, even when you get, even, well, I mean, with the, like, the natural processes that I get that are from that area, like, the, like, at first, it's like, yeah, like, this is, this is natural process. But then after, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is definitely Central American coffee. Like, it goes mm-hmm. back to that taste, you know? Well, tell me what your, uh, what's your go to drink outside of coffee? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, let's say you go into a shop. Like, how would you, oh, okay. what would be your order? Um, I'm, I'm very much just like a black drip guy. Like I love, I love good coffee and how it tastes on its own. Like if if the coffee is good enough, then that's how I want it. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's just how I drink it. Like 99% of the time, even if I go to a shop, um, I guess it depends on the shop though. Like I, I know how to, I, I feel like I know how to pick them. And like, I know if I go in there and I'm like, all right, I know I'm not going to like their drip, then I'll probably get like, um, an oat milk latte, mm. you know, just there's something about, um, espresso and oat milk that combines wonderfully and that I just love it. I don't know that milk specifically, like I'm, I've been lactose intolerant for a long time. So like, I just don't really, I, every once in a while, if I'm feeling risky, I'll have a whole milk latte, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, all the other milks I've tried, they're all right. But like something about an oat milk latte that I really love too. Yeah. Uh, oat milk is a magical, like, drink uh, yeah with cereal with coffee well yeah we have it that's what we keep in the house so we we've been for a while we've had uh the chobani um it's like extra creamy and we were having that on long island and then we moved up here and we live like an hour from the factory actually from where where we are now so it's like it's crazy like we can get it whenever we want in the grocery store and yeah that's what we keep and that's how we make our if we ever make like a latte or a coffee drink that's what we use yeah cereal baking anything yeah (laughs) it's awesome using it for uh, cooking as well has been really Mm -hmm. cool because anything milk needs i replace it with that Yeah. yeah it's amazing have you tried the uh this is like kind of off topic, but Silk made a uh, a plant based heavy whipping cream or heavy cream. Uh, I haven't tried Silks. No, it's it was pretty good. I used it for um, I made some vegan pie for um, Christmas last year. Nice. And we were making it for like uh, our friends that were vegan, and so I was like, "How am I going to make whipped cream?" And yeah. I don't like the coconut stuff that much. It, it just is a little too weird. So yeah. I got this whipping cream, sweetened it. And it was probably the best whipped cream like I've ever had. That's awesome. So stop drinking milk, people. <laughs> <laughs> milk is weird. Don't drink it. Yeah. Um, that's great. Do you have a, a, a favorite shop in your area or even in back in like Long Island? Yeah. So we haven't found an area or, or shop up here yet. Um, we've been here. We've only been here for a little over a year now. Um, right. And we're not in a, in a very small town, but like, it's, you know, it's a rural area. So like, it's harder to, to come by. They're few and far between. Um, but on long Island, we, that's where we get our coffee from reanimator. Like my wife has, uh, a subscription. It comes like once or twice a month. And then, um, in between those, because we go through so much one bag, every couple of weeks or every month was not enough. Um, we also buy from, uh, Southdown coffee on long Island. Um, they're on like the North shore. They have a f- like three or four, maybe even five locations. Now the guy's been doing really well and like opening a bunch of locations. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites for sure. Um, you know, there's definitely others on like throughout the country that I know and I like, but like to have it just come straight from long Island <laughs> is, yeah. is really awesome. And like, it is like fantastic, you know, like I'm not just being biased cause it's from long Island. Like I've had a ton of coffee and it holds up with like some of the best that I've had. So, um, yeah, they're awesome there. He's always getting new stuff, like always getting stuff that, um, like getting stuff back in that I've, that I've loved, you know? Um, so it's really cool. Yeah. He's, he's doing a really good job over there. Um, the espresso was really awesome too. Like that was one of the first places that I had even that, an oat milk latte. Mm-hmm. We used to go, uh, to the shop to pick up the coffee. It was like, but we ended up stopping because even on Long Island, it was like a half an hour drive. We were on the <laughs> South shore of Long Island and it was on the opposite shore all the way up North and, and like, and you have to like drive specifically into the town of Huntington to go get it. So but for, for a while we did and like, I would get an oat milk latte while we were there and like, 
their espresso is fantastic and with the oat milk is amazing yeah <laughs> i've heard uh south down's name from just i'm in like a, a coffee chat with some people from uh, long island so they'll they'll be like post up at south down i'm like oh man i need to get out i need to get back over there to do a coffee crawl because it's been quite a while since i was uh in that area and i know there's been a lot more addition like uh there's also devotion which okay. is supposed to be like crazy good um, but I've only heard a couple of stories, so it's weird in the city though. Like there is a lot, but there's a lot of dark, like dark roast only places still, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just not a fan. Yeah. I just, I don't like it. Um, so it's, I feel like it's kind of hit or miss, you know, like you kind of have to know, like, I feel like you have to do your research first and figure out where you want to go. Like if you just come across a place, the chances that it, the coffee's not that good is like mm -hmm. pretty high. Like it's happened to me and my wife tons and tons of times where we're just like, Oh cool. A coffee place. Let's stop. And I got the coffee and we're like, Oh my God, this is disgustingly dark. <laughs> as bad as it is. I, everybody's like, don't judge a book by its cover. When it comes to coffee, you can usually judge that book. We're, we're pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah. Like at this point where we like, we, we have a pretty good handle on whether or not we even want to walk into a place, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like even, uh, even Montreal, we, we get that. Cause it's, it's very traditionally rooted, uh, in like Italian and French style. Okay. So, um, so a lot of places don't have drip cause they just want, they're like, I can do an Americano. I'm like, please don't give me that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do still a, gonna be way too dark. <laughs> I'm going to do a Cortado, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you, you kind of have to uh, do your research before you just like walk in anywhere here, yeah. um, which a lot of that's changed. But I know in New York, like people are doing some crazy things, but it does still have that like that deep rooted traditional espresso. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this area and dark roast and like and not not where i am but anyway long island mm -hmm. in the city like dark roast and like starbucks like you throw a stone on long island you had a starbucks and i'm like just don't care and like the other coffee shops the smaller coffee shops it's like the same kind of thing it's like there's a really good chance the coffee is either really too or like too dark or even or not even good you know mm -hmm. like that's why south down like that's why we were driving half an hour to south down because it was the only place on long island there was closer places but the coffee just wasn't good you know like yeah um even like so there was a place uh on, like that opened essentially down the block from where we lit like our apartment on long island when we moved out of our parents house and when it first started it had um i think it was called greg's right is that, is that a thing greg's coffee from the city from New York City. Yeah. Does that sound I, familiar to you? That sounds extremely familiar. It's like second and a half wave where like it wasn't like extremely dark, but it wasn't like it wasn't very good either. It Is it called like, like Gregory's or something like that? It might be Gregory's. Okay. Yeah. Um and so like it was good enough so that we were going there. You know, mm -hmm. like it wasn't like you know, it was close, but then wasn't one where we were buying our coffee, but we would go get some drinks there sometimes. And the cold brew was pretty good. It wasn't like jet jet fuel cold cold brew you know so like yeah i could tell you a story about that too Oof. um but uh so and then eventually they were like oh you know we're we're doing our own roast now and i'm sure it wasn't their own i'm sure they just bought you know had you know found a, fa a roastery on long island to put their name on it but like right. it just wasn't good and we just eventually just stopped going there altogether <laughs> that's that's been a trend as well here where it's like a coffee shop that is on like the more traditional but trying to look third wave but they're they're definitely like they were they were like we're a new york city coffee shop and right <laughs> so we we get that here and then there's a big roastery in a part of the city called uh union where they do like custom roasts for mm -hmm. people but it's really just dark oily you know mixed yep. with robusto <laughs> coffee <laughs> um but uh we have another co-op here where you can you can actually like work with them to make your own roast. Uh, it's like a co-op and they're doing some really, really awesome things. Are you familiar with Scott Rao? No. He, he like wrote a book on like modern roasting. Okay. Um, and him and another guy from Montreal, like started the business together. Cool. Um, like that jumped, sounds yeah, cool. It jumpstarted a lot like of great it. stuff here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That um, I'm cool with, but like, yeah. So like, Oh, well, speaking of, so the jet fuel thing. So there, my, <laughs> my wife used to work at a coffee shop, on Long Island that um, it served uh, Hampton 
Coffee, which is a coffee company like out in the Hamptons on Long Island. It was mm-hmm. the same thing. They were second wave and it was just like, you know, you touch a bean and like you come away with oils on your fingers, you know, like it was that, that, that dark. Um, and they would take that and like take the darkest roast and do that cold brew thing where they like had like the chemistry looking sets where it would drip down. Oh, Cofega. Yeah. But they would like put it so that it would drip like one drip, like Mm -hmm. every 30 seconds. And then like, you know, 24 hours later, they had a thing full of cold brew, but it was like disgustingly dark. I mean, at the time it was free. So I was drinking it (laughs) and like, I would take, I would take a large away and like finish it and feel like I was just going to like run through a wall. It was nuts. And then that guy, uh, did almost something similar, but like even crazier, like opened up his own roastery to roast his own beans. Cause he had like two or three shops in that area, like in the South shore, East more, a little bit out East area. And he opened up his own roastery to, to to roast his own coffee so that he didn't have to, like, he cut out the, the middleman of coffee, you know? But, like, it was the same thing. It was still, it was still dark. dark. <laughs> he didn't have any coffee taste. He just knew how to run business. <laughs> I mean, that's, there's a lot of that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see through that, but. It was, his shop was busy all day, every day. Like, good yeah. for him. I was like, good for this dude. He knows what he's doing, but, like, the coffee sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, it's not for me. <laughs> No, definitely. <laughs> that's the nice way of being like, uh, <laughs> sucks. So, uh, yeah, that's coffee, man. It, it's like, people don't realize how far the rabbit hole goes and you meet people. They're like, I'm a coffee person. And you find oh, out it's crazy. You find, you have to like judge the level that they're at where it's yeah. like, can you give them an anaerobic coffee or are they gonna? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Like uh, I love coffee. And then you find out like, they love going to Starbucks and consuming caffeine all day long. <laughs> not, not the taste of coffee, you know, like, right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like how I got into coffee. You know, it's like my parents are, they love the idea of coffee and drinking a lot of coffee, you know, like, and they yeah. drink coffee all day. And that's how I started drinking coffee. But it's just like, my dad will, when I bring over coffee and make it, he'll, he'll drink it and he'll be like, this is awesome. You know, this is good. Um, but my mom is like, yeah, I don't like this. And then like, when I leave, they won't, it's not like they'll, my dad will go and find coffee like that. He goes right back to, to buying, to, to get in Starbucks, you know, nice. <laughs> that's what, that's what they keep in the house is just pounds of Starbucks, you know? I mean, at least it's not like, you know, the coffee crystals. Yeah, no, it's, that's what they, yeah, it's better than that for sure. Yeah. Um, like I remember the days, even like my grandparents, like when we would go to their house on Sundays and we would leave as a kid, they'd be like, who wants coffee? And they, that's what they would, they pull out like the Folgers. Classic. Uh, yeah. And like, that was one of the ways I even started drinking coffee. It was just, that was back then being a kid and being like, sure. Yeah. I want coffee. Cause I thought <laughs> it was the cool thing. <laughs> the adults now, are drinking it. <laughs> 30 years old. Like uh, if I don't have this, I'm not going to have a good day. <laughs> Yeah, I think all of us are slightly addicted. It's managing the addiction is what the the problem is. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've actually been doing that lately. I guess as I get older, I'm finding that like I can't have as much caffeine as I was able to have anyway. You know, mm-hmm. like I used to have this entire thing filled to the top with coffee, which is like four cups on the carafe thing. You know, mm-hmm. and then re- recently, like I found myself like at like one o'clock still hadn't finished the cup of coffee. And I was like, if I keep drinking this, like my heart's going to come out of my chest. So like now I do like half to three quarters of the cup of it full and drink that for the day. And I'm good. And like, even just recently, me and my wife caved and bought a bag of decaf, like with, with the South down delivery, because they have decaf and we were like, well, like, like, I don't want caffeine at eight o'clock at night, but sometimes I do want coffee. You know, I want the taste of coffee. And it's like, are we doing this? <laughs> are we really doing this right now? And yeah, and walked away and, and ended up, yeah, ordering a bag of decaf. And that's doing exactly what we ordered, what we ordered it for. You know, it's nice to be like, it's eight o'clock. Like, I feel like I can have some coffee and then have it and that, and still kind of feels energizing, you know, but like, I'm not like, now I need to go jump, jump through a wall and run a lap around the house. <laughs> it's more of like a dopamine, uh, kind of boost. That's probably what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also using decaf for espresso martinis. 
Okay. That's uh, I don't know. That's if you're, something my wife has been talking about doing too. So yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah. I, cause I, my wife says that I make great espresso martinis. That's not for me. I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I was using decaf and it's like perfect cause it's awesome. You get all the flavor. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, buying decaf is an indicator, I think of being an adult now. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's what it felt like. If we were I, like, we just turned 31, both of us. And I mm-hmm. think it happened like right before her 31st birthday is when we ordered the first bag. And it was like, yep, it's officially time. We're officially getting a little old, <laughs> like starting, starting to get over the hump of like being a real adult. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, I was not expecting as much coffee nerd, nerd, uh, talk as we just went through. That was great. Um, <laughs> I always appreciate uh, fellow enthusiasts that have no connection to working in coffee. Just like <laughs> yeah, it's it. funny. Cause like you mentioned that guy before and I was like, no, I don't know who that is. Like, I don't, I'm not like huge into like the, yeah, the world of it. It's just mm-hmm. like, I really love it. And like, I've, I, you know, I follow some, some retail or like companies that, that roast and on. So I see like new stuff coming out and like the processes, but like it's for me, it's as far as like what, you know, what the coffee is and how good it tastes. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know who's, who's doing what and behind the scenes, you know, I'm like, I'm like, that's fine. When it gets to me, it gets to me and I'll drink it. <laughs> that's great. That's uh, I mean, the coffee, the coffee community could not like thrive without, you know, people just being stoked on coffee and trying new coffee. So, uh, you and me, we're, we're holding it down. Yeah. I feel like just we'll, buying we'll, the, the same thing with music, right? Like, yeah. like, we like that's how that's how we survive is those people who like don't necessarily make may, maybe they don't make music or they do but not you know like for fun and like in their bedroom and stuff and they don't know who you know a band's manager is or <laughs> or like what they're doing in two months but they know that like they put them on on spotify all day mm-hmm. and then they go and buy some t-shirts you know and it's like it's like yeah like <laughs> we love those people <laughs> yes <laughs> just just uh supportive don't even need yeah. to know the specifics but mm-hmm. but you like it uh that's great you you're not you're not just a musician you're not just a coffee enthusiast you are an artist manager i am yeah. is this a new development for you relatively like as far as it goes for managing someone else's band like mm-hmm. when i joined uh my first band back in 2011 um they had already like written an EP that was really good and I was friends with them. So it was like kind of, and like I had gone away to school and came back. So as soon as they found out I was coming back, they were like, you want to be in the band? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Um, so I joined and like, we had all this good music that we're sitting on. We're a good band. And, but like, we just like show up to practices and play and like, no one's like doing anything to, to get the band out there. They're not like, no one's in charge of social media posts. Like, you know, reaching out to show to, to people booking shows, trying to get things going, you know, and I was like, well, you guys mind if I do that? And they were like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so I started with that band, that band kind of like dissolved and reformed a few years later. And I just, I kind of just fell into the same role, you know, like took it on and uh, got a little more serious with that band, you know, like we were playing uh, bigger shows, opening for bigger bands. And like, we did a little tour and had a little bit of traction. So it was like, you know, I got, thrown into it even more a little bit and then um so yeah i've been technically self-managing bands for a long time um and then i started going to school for music business because i was like well i really like to do this you know this is this is what outside of like being in a band and and playing music which is not going to be my only source of income pretty much at any point in my life um this is this is something i really want to do um yeah and then a little while later um that was like 2017. I started that. And then end of last year or yeah, like a, a November last year, um, I reached out to yeah my first couple artists, talked to them and signed them. So I've been doing it officially since November of last year. Nice. Uh, did you find, this is like a question for just me, honestly, cause I've been intrigued by, uh, like schooling for music business and the benefits of it. Do, do you find that it was like very beneficial to you? It's funny. I, I literally just talked about this on another that podcast that I was talking about last week. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. Um, I kind of talked a lot of shit on it in the last podcast. And like, not that I think that I was wrong, but I, I do kind of think that 
there was more, a little more positive and I got a little bit more out of it than I'm, I think I might've made it seem. Okay. But at the same time, it's like, you know, so I'm, I'm doing Berkeley online and I, I joined them because I, I, I wanted to go to Berkeley because I kind of figured they were on like the cutting edge, right? right they're Berkeley, right? They're going right. to be, they're going to be, everything's going to be new and relevant. But like, I would say the majority of my classes are written at least five years ago. So pre TikTok. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally yeah. pre TikTok. Like most of my classes didn't even mention TikTok. Um, some of them mentioned MySpace as a relevant relevant platform. Okay. <laughs> some of them talked about iTunes and Pandora like irrelevant platforms. Yeah. So it's just kind of like in the last podcast, one of the person, one of the people on it were like, well, you know, like there is, you know, a lot of principles and stuff that from the past that still apply today and you can apply them and stuff. And like, yes. And like there was, you know, it is, you do get what out of it, what you put into it at, and at some, at some level. Right. Um, but it was just disappointing to, to, to be in a class and be like, man, like I know way more relevant information about this topic than this class is even teaching me, you know, right. like I'm doing this class right now because I need to, and I need to fill this credit, but like, I know more than this class is teaching me because I'm doing it now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And it was crazy in that aspect. Um, and then also just the way that like, you know, the, like when you do school online, it's kind of sh like marketed to you to like, you know, oh, well, you're doing it online. You can get it done when you need to get it done. And like, and you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a busy guy. I've, I was at the time working 40 hours a week when I started, um, I have my wife, our dog, our house. I play saxophone. I play guitar. I have my own music, the Gals Cowboys. You know, it's just like I have the time I have to fit this class stuff in, you know, and like they'll try to make me do group projects and stuff. And like in my last one of my last classes, I had to project manage a team of people and then also participate in two other people's project teams that they were leading. Yeah. And I was like, I, like what? Like, That's a lot. I'm a, I'm an adult with responsibilities. Like I'm not a 20 year old kid in college. Who's only, whose only thing is doing school, you know? Right. Like, so it was, it, there's frustrating and disappointing things about it, but you know, right. I learned a ton about, you know, music publishing, which was awesome. And like, and that side of things, which I didn't really know much about. And now I'm like really interested in, um, and even just that project management class that I was talking about, that started like almost coinciding with me starting my management work with my two bands. So like immediately I was like, well, this class is awesome. Like just yeah. immediately started applying things that I was learning right to what I was doing, you know? So like this, it was, it, there are a lot of things that I can't, that I'm coming, I'm finishing up now, but there's a lot of things that I'm coming away with that are awesome, but it's just, yeah, it's, you, you should know more about it before, before you just dive into it. Like, I, like, I feel like if I had gotten all this information prior to like, uh, to committing to, you know, uh, student loans and stuff, then like, at least I would have had a more informed decision, you know? Right. <laughs> and maybe yeah. I would have just been like, well, maybe I'll just start like doing any music industry job and trying to like work my way into what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Cause I feel like that's just as viable a path as just like, doing it and working your way towards what you want to do, you know, and making good connections. So that's it. Like, uh, the time that you're spending, when you feel like you're in an irrelevant class, the, the time that you feel like you could be doing something actually productive, that's like, while I'm taking on thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. Yeah. That's, it's so <laughs> frustrating, but yeah. I, I understand. That's why I've always been curious. Cause I've done, I did audio engineering. Uh, I did an internship through an online program, but they basically put you in a studio. So you have a certain yeah, amount cool. of studio hours. Um, and the online part, luckily I didn't have to do group projects and it was like basically at your own timing that you could just do classes. Um, but I felt like it was extremely invaluable. Like the, the time in the classroom or the studio, it was like right. a real studio working with real clients. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, this is awesome, but the degree is almost meaningless. Like if, 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 if I don't actually spend the time and try to do this well, then I'm not going to get anywhere. 
So I've always wondered that's, if that's so much of the music field, right? Whether or yeah. not you're you're right audio in, in audio or you're in you know management and behind the scenes or you're an actual musician, like the real thing is the actual practical doing it and getting the experience, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, being kept away from it was kind of kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. So sometime in February. Okay. And you manage thought crime as well? Thought crime, yeah. Yeah. So you got some stuff coming up with them. Tell me a bit about the the LP coming out. Uh, well, they just came out uh, last Friday, mm-hmm. uh, sometime in February. Uh, there goes. Um, yeah, it came out last Friday. Um, reception seems pretty awesome so far. They just played a show. Uh, they played two nights ago at um, New Brooklyn Tavern in Columbia. Nice. Um, and like almost 100 people showed up and they had a really good time. It was awesome. They played last night at uh, Anger Coffee in West yeah, Anchor. City, which is really cool. Um, and then they're playing tonight at, uh, Petra's in Charlotte where, where Tristan's from, um, the like main guitarist songwriter guy. Um, I'm not sure where the bassist is from is, uh, I, I mean, I've known the drummer since, uh, 2014 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So as he's the only reason, so I know he lives in Columbia, so it's like, they got that, that area, but, uh, so yeah, it's cool. They're playing like, you know, hometown shows a couple times, a <laughs> couple times on this tour, you know, so it's, they're not tour, but you know, little, little run. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like instrumental prog rock, prog metal. Um, I think the album's fantastic and I'm not even like a huge, huge fan of that genre, you know, like, it sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. It's, it's, yeah, like I said, like so for years, like really the only prog or instrumental rock bands that I was listening to were probably like Animals as Leaders. Um, I don't even know if I could think of another one that Chon? I really... did you ever get into I Chon? was into them back in the day, you know, yeah, but like, like in, in the past like five years, I yeah, I haven't touched their music. So like it's just not something that I've been huge on for a long time. I was bigger, you know, when like uh what's that scale of summit album that came out a long time ago with like mm-hmm. the dinosaur made out of grass looking album cover. Oh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I was, I was huge on that album. So I like, I, you know, it was a genre that I'm familiar with, but just kind of fell out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, like I said, I've known the drummer for a long time. Um, he, he was in a band called, uh, trees on Mars, which is like another, uh, like instrumental progressive, like math rock, but like a little leaning towards like the heavier stuff. I know mm-hmm. they're hard to describe. Um, but you know, I, I became friends with them. They asked me to play saxophone on their album actually. And like, that was like the first opportunity I ever had to do like a, a guest solo, you know? So, That's cool. um, and a lot of stuff has come from since. So I kind of felt like I, I tell them all the time. Like, I feel like I owe a lot to them. So, um, when I was, I made a tweet about like, Hey, like, you know, I really want to get into management. Like if you know anyone who's, who's looking, let me know. And he texted me and he was like, Hey man, I don't know if you know, but I'm in this band. Um, and the Tristan, the main guy, he's looking for potentially someone to, to manage the band. So, um, if you, if you're interested, I'll give you his contact info and you guys can talk. So I talked to him, um, and he's, he's a really good kid and he's really driven. Like he's like, I, I saw a lot of myself in the way that like he wants to make his career happen. Like he's mm-hmm. working jobs that um, are making him connections or, and or our stuff that like he can do when he comes back from tour or even take on tour and stuff like that. Like he's going to make it happen no matter what, you know? And that's, that's, that's the vibe that I got off him when I met him. And I was like, well, that's what I want. You know, I'm mean, like, I can't, I can't take on someone who's like, isn't who's who could ha- who can make it happen or not and it's got to be someone who whose whole thing is making it happen mm-hmm. and i listened to the album and i was like this is fantastic like this is legitimately good music you know and i was like so i was like and you know even like he was like you know it might not feel like i'm at a place where i need a manager but like i kind of feel like it would be helpful like he he was in talks with a, a pretty big prog label that's very interested in the band, but kind of felt like they're not at a place to sign yet, but like want to keep in touch. So I was like, okay, like this is real. Like this could be legitimate. And you know, I was like, let me, you know, it would be cool to get in on the, the ground floor, help this kid do as best as he can and see, see where we can go. And then, you know, I, you know, whether or not I'm with him five years from now and he's doing amazing, I just want to see him doing amazing. Cause you know, 
he deserves it, you know? So it's cool. It's cool to be Sick. working with him. Um, and then, yeah. And then thought crime, not thought crime. I'm from Long Island, so it's very hard for me to, to make the distinct difference, not thought crimes. That's a different band. That's a different band. Yeah. Thought crime. Like that word, that internet word that was around for a long time. T H O T thought crime, which stands <laughs> for, no, <I'm> just <laughs> I didn't ask them that. So <laughs> I just thought it was cool. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so they're, it's that's a lot different. It's cyber grind. It's called it's, it's sick. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's when I was like, I didn't know if you were in the band or just managed them, but that band, I think it potentially could explode. I think so too. There's another, another band that I'm like very happy to be with, you know, at this level and, and be with them while they grow and watch them grow. I know, and I know it's going to happen, you know, mm -hmm. um, just like the, they're really good at like building their own community too online, which is, which is crazy. You know, a lot, not a lot of bands are good at that on their own, you know, like they make really good music, um, that, that reaches people, but eventually they get someone to help them with that. But like, mm -hmm. I feel like they've been doing such a good job of that on their own, that it's just going to like, just, just going to keep happening, you know? And like, and obviously the music's really good so it's just going to keep it's going to yeah. keep going you know so like it's cool to have a band that's got got both of those things going for them um and yeah obviously just the, the music is so good um and it was cool because like um so they i had i had known of them just because of uh like them and the dow boys um were friends on on twitter mm -hmm. um a lot of interacting so i was like oh let me check out this band this band is sick and then we started following each other interacting a bit and then um and then we played uh philly last june and they were one of the openers on the show so it was like oh sick like, I'm, I'm glad i get to see his band they were awesome um and then you know we just interact over twitter for a long time and then find out that they need a manager so i was like that would be awesome you know so i reached <laughs> out and like i was like and yeah, just worked out, you know, so it was really cool. Um, yeah, now we're working on their first ever tour this June. Um, well, not their first ever tour, but their first tour as a full band. Um, mm. As the producer from the UK is flying over to the US and they're doing a full band tour this June. That's sick. It's going to announce soon. So I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, it'll either be announced or it'll be about to be announced. So it's fine if it comes out before. Um, but yeah, that yeah, it's going to be awesome. June. 10th through the 19th it's going to be uh east coast and some midwest shows okay they're not hitting montreal though are they man yeah. i would love to um, see that i know they want to play uh new friends i think it's called in toronto mm -hmm. um not this year but next year so we'll, we'll if that works out then there'll definitely be some canada dates for sure yeah yeah that'd be like uh i feel like there's a scene for that here uh there's okay. a lot of um what like the Gen Z, I hate feeling like an old fucking boomer saying this, but like uh that they're like such a Gen Z band. Oh, um, for sure. Like Omerta also. Mm -hmm. Uh and I'm I'm so here for that fucking sound. Like where it's Oh man, Omerta's great too. They're yeah, fantastic. Where it's like just this mix of like all their influences, but it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Thought Crime. If Thought yeah, Crime and Omerta they did can, a like, thing. These, the, both of those bands can just like run through like multiple genres in one song. Oh yeah. And still have it be cohesive and awesome. It's fantastic. You've have you heard the new uh the new track that Omerta put out recently? I no, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it yeah, is, it's fantastic. It's insane. <laughs> like insane. So yeah. Uh, when I listen to like Thought Crime, that's immediately what comes to mind is a lot of that like hyper pop with like mm -hmm you know, grind and, and it's very slipknotty in some places. Yeah. So it's, it's very cool, um, to hear a lot of that just blended together into this madness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so as soon yeah, as I can I'm, see that, <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Like I didn't even see them with like the full band, you know, they have these like factions around mm -hmm. the country. <laughs> um, like Haley, Haley, the singer lives in Philly. So they have like, one or two people she plays with in that area. Mel, guitarist, and uh, the drummer live in Illinois, and they have a couple people that they play with over there. Kes is probably at some point going to start playing some shows on her own in the UK, just like DJ style, you know. So there's just this different factions, and like I saw, 
actually at the time it was funny is I was lucky enough to see Mel. She, I think took like a train or something from Illinois to Philly to mm-hmm. play that show with the Dow boys. So it was her Haley. Um, and they have this, this dude, Tyler who plays bass with them on the East coast. And it was just them and a drum backing track. And it was still amazing. And I was like, this band is awesome. <laughs> that's so cool, man. Like, yeah. That's so fucking cool. I love yeah, that we're style. Gonna, we're going to see them put it all together this summer. Yeah. Too, but like just the fact that you're able to play shows like in separate places under yeah. the same name. They played two shows on the same day, uh, it's, like in December or something like that. They played a show in Virginia and a show in Chicago. <laughs> see, that's so, that's like, th- that's why Berkeley got to change your curriculum. Cause <laughs> that's the crazy thing yeah, is like, I was doing it in the middle of pandemic and like, it's like the music industry isn't the same. It's different. It's two so months different. ago than yeah. it was. <laughs> Two years ago, let alone five years ago when this course was written. Like it's like <laughs> the world is flipped upside down on its head, not even the music industry, you know. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> even even here, like it's not it's not completely different in Montreal, but the, the scene and like the industry as a whole feels so different now because mm-hmm. like the way that bands are coming up and just like getting big, it's crazy. Like it's it, nothing I don't think anything is is the same that it was post pandemic at all yeah so well uh, i i hope that everything keeps going well with the the artist management uh super stoked to see what happens with that that thought crime tour that's going to be it's gonna be sick um, yeah very excited and the bands that that we're talking about i'll drop links in the description for the the episode so be sure cool. to check them out if you haven't heard them uh they're sick good thank you um thank you. you you play saxophone and the callous style boys i do why why <laughs> oh who knows who knows <laughs> no I, I mean why do i play a monophonic instrument in a polyphonic band that plays the most in ridiculous <laughs> note combinations that you can come up with i don't know i don't know why sometimes i'm like i don't know which note to play right now i'm just gonna play a note and stick with it you know it's amazing um, but yeah i mean um i've always just been kind of interested in like even like when i was a kid just like music that kind of pushes boundaries whether or not i even i knew it you know like mm-hmm. one of my first like my i grew up my my parents favorite artist is prince so i grew up like oh, a yeah. huge prince fan and like every you know there's just multiple multiple genres in even a song of prince's you know yeah. like so like i guess i've just kind of been listening to i've been listening to good music for a long time and music that kind of pushes stuff and then I, 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 saxophone was just always something I've, I've wanted to play, you know, like when I was a kid, uh, they had come around with the, the band, like the, the band that's like two years older than you. And they show you the instruments. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's what I want to play. Um, funny enough, they gave me trumpet. Um, so I, I did it for the first two years. And then after that, I was, we were heading into middle school and I was like, I still want to play saxophone. And they were like, all right, fine. Take some lessons over the summer and you'll be able to play. So I did. And then I played in band ever since in school. Um, and I never really applied it to rock throughout school. It was just kind of something I loved doing in band and like something I I loved, like just playing and getting better at. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah. So then I ended up joining my first like legitimate band, I would say like in in 2011, the band I was talking about before, Mm -hmm. like I was in like, you know, classic rock cover bands and other crappy garage bands but this is like Sh- the chicago first cover bands yeah well no, no i mean on guitar actually oh okay i played yeah i played guitar for almost as for just about as long as saxophone actually okay. almost i think about the same year um yeah my first the first band i was in technically i was 13 year old 13 years old in like a pop punk punk cover band we were playing yes. like green day and everybody yes. and, uh <laughs> some taking back sunday good sure any good charlotte in there we we definitely we, it wasn't on our set list uh but we played it like when we were just like messing around joking like, around yeah. or like you know yeah like we it was in like my best friend played drums and it was in his house in his bedroom and we had you know other friends we had a guy play bass and a guy play guitar and like we would just like learn a ton of songs and play them together in his bedroom all day, whether or not nice. we were going to play them live, you know? Um, so there was definitely some good Charlotte in there. Um, <laughs> mostly green day though. That was like our favorite yeah. band. American idiot had come out that Classic. year. So we, we were able to play like every American idiot song together. And we would just like rip the whole album all day. <laughs> um, 
And then, so then eventually, yeah, I was you know in those kind of bands. And then that band in 2011 was like my first like real dive into like actual, it was like original metal core. Um, and then uh, when that band fell apart, it, it was me and the guitarist from that band who like reformed the band and we made a new band. Like it was still metalcore, but now we were like, we wanted to be like more progressive, you know, like we were taking in different influences. We were doing, um, we were messing with time signatures and like and patterns and stuff like that, having a good time. And uh, eventually it was like, well, if we're going to be a progressive band and we want to do whatever we want to do, like I want to play saxophone in the band, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like even with that band uh, and our first EP, there's like one saxophone part. Um, it was nothing that I played live. It was just like another layer on the mm -hmm. album. Um, but then we were in the middle of writing a new album when, when that band fell apart. And there was like a couple songs where like, I legitimately had my sax on stage with me and I would just like put my guitar on my back and pick up the saxophone and start playing that. Um, so yeah, I was like working it into our music. Um, I did that feature on uh, Trees on Mars album. Mm -hmm. And then there was like one or two more bands, I think that had asked me to do some stuff. <laughs> and then it was a similar situation with Thought Crime where um, I'm friends with this. I grew up playing with this band, Cryptodira. Um, they're from out east Long Island and me mm -hmm. like so they were like the out east prog band prog metal band and my band was the the you know Nassau not wet not not west there's more west of, of yeah. us but <laughs> our side of the island prog band um, and Cryptodira had gone on tour and hit Atlanta and met the Dow Boys um, so uh, just through Twitter mutuals I ended up talking to the Dow boys, talking to Carson. Um, and then one day they hit me up out of the blue and they were like, Hey, uh, the guy we usually go to for saxophone is ghosting us. Do you, would you want to do, we have a couple parts that we need a saxophone for. Would you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I liked the band. I liked them. And so I was like, sure. And it ended up being the the two things that I did on two or three things that I did on die on Mars. Mm -hmm. Um, and then from there, just like, hey, we're writing for album two. Do you want to? We have a couple spots I'm thinking of. Do you want to? Do you want to be on that too? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then yeah, eventually they were like, hey, do you want to just like be in the band now and, and like write with us for everything else and be in the band? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it was just like a it was a long time coming, um, but it's definitely the first time with that style of music. You know, mm -hmm. like even with the prog stuff, um, I wasn't necessarily like following metal parts or playing much metal like it was more like uh we had this like jazzy section where i was just kind of improvising and then like um there was like one or two written parts but they were not as they weren't really heavy and they weren't like too chaotic you know mm -hmm. so yeah this is the first time i joined a band where i was like i've never played this kind of music on saxophone before ever like this is gonna be crazy <laughs> uh it it people I feel like when you hear like, oh yeah, they, I play saxophone in like a proggy mathcore heavy band, people are like, like why? But when you hear the parts actually like on recording and live, like it makes so much sense. Like if it wasn't there, it, I feel like you would know, like you would notice that yeah. it wasn't there. So it's, it's definitely weird, but so good. And it's perfect for the Dow boys. I feel like, so, uh, when, when Dan was telling me that that you were stepping in like to join the band. Like, uh, I think Dan said that you had just like started touring or something with them. Yeah. I did a tour, uh, last year. I did the, the Rolo Tomasi Cryptodira tour. Yeah, yeah. I did that entire tour with them. Like it's still kind of a case by case basis. Like, you know, there's already six like concrete members <laughs> Main, of the band. Yeah. Right. Like, and then now things are getting bigger they want to bring a, a front of house guy to make sure we sound good. You know, there's, there's a seventh guy. And like, do we need the saxophone for this run? Do we need to take an eighth person out and make sure we have the room for them? Like the per diem for them, you know, like, do we need to like, do, do I need to, to take three weeks away from my house and my wife and my dog for this particular tour? Like, it's kind of like that right now, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is good for, for both sides, I would say, you know, like, cause I'm a little bit older and like, I have, you know, a little bit more reason to stay in my house, I think. But, um, 
but like as we as we start writing more and more it's like okay like they won't be able to play the song yeah. <laughs> i'm there so it's gonna it's gonna turn into definitely a more i'm gonna be touring with them more as, as time goes on but like right now it's kind of like like and and i'm not it's not a bad thing for me like like i said like it, it's it works out for both sides they don't have to spend the money and i don't have to you know make sure that my wife is good in the house by herself for two weeks you know so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the, touring is fun like there's parts of it that are fun but then you also like yeah there's you have responsibilities especially like hitting 30 it was like oh man like i do not want to leave my house for like, yeah. weeks at a time like yeah well that's the thing like is we this this is where we pay to live and we really like it here yeah. so it's like it's easy to be like this is where i want to spend my time i, I don't want <laughs> to be like, in I do, a van i do love it. it it was it was that september tour was incredible you right. know and like i'll gladly do it again any day but like as long as you know if if, if they can't take me then i'm not going to be like what the hell you know <laughs> like oh, that's fine i'll do the next one you know <laughs> how how it has the like because I noticed you play kind of off the stage in most cases, because like you said, there's basically eight people. It's almost Slipknot uh, yeah, like on, on yeah. stage. So uh, how is the hearing? Like, how does that work? Because y'all aren't running in-ears. No, um, I think I'm in a bit of a different situation than everyone in the band, except for maybe Carson. Um but even even still not exactly i like my sound comes from me yeah you know what i mean so like it starts right here and like goes all the way through the instrument that i'm holding like it just like it resonates throughout me and like even with my earplugs on since it's happening right here like i can just hear it in my head like oh, nice i can hear me and i can like um i can do a pretty good job of like intonating and stuff on stage even without uh without in ears right now you know like as as things get bigger and louder, I'm sure I'll I'll take that back and <laughs> be wearing in ears as much as possible. But like right now, playing small stages and stuff, like like it's just so loud and my instrument is so coming from me that it's pretty easy to to hear myself and make sure that I'm I'm with the band, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, the band is so loud that like I can hear them <laughs> over <laughs> over me playing. Like if I'm not like off the stage, I'm usually standing right in front of Marty, our drummer. So at least yeah. the thing I'm hearing is keeping me in time, and I just have to know my parts. You know, <laughs> I hadn't thought about like yeah, the resonation coming from in you. So it's almost working like how a singer or vocalist would be able to hear. With right, exactly. Plugs. Right. That's why I said right. Like Carson is probably the closest one right. to that. I think a little bit less so because like it comes out of your mouth and like stops there where like I'm blowing through an entire instrument, you know, mm -hmm. like, like, so, and I, and I have resistance, you know? So like, I feel like it probably comes back at me a little bit more, but like, it, I'm sure. Yeah. Like with, with yeah, something like earplugs or in ears on is probably a very similar experience. Yeah. So I had, that's such a, like a cool thought, like just thinking of how the human body is designed, but yeah, like uh, Crazy, yeah. it's insane um, that you can play in a band that is, usually around 100 db <laughs> playing through fucking uh amps and you're a saxophone but you can still hear that's so cool um being off playing these smaller venues uh in the chaos that can ensue during a mm -hmm. downboy set have you has there been a close call oh yeah for sure um yeah i mean i'm trying to think like so we played uh, AMH on Long Island in uh, in June. Like that was like the first. That was the kickoff date of uh, the the Grey Haven Limbs tour, mm -hmm. um, and I, I got to play the first three dates with them because they played Long Island, Brooklyn, and Philly. So like <laughs> that's a venue that I played like more than I could ever count. You know, like right. so that bar has been around forever, and I played my very first show with that pop punk cover band at twelve, thirteen years old at what was. It was called Village Pub South at the time, but it's the same exact venue. Right. It's just changed hands and names and been renovated a little bit. So yeah, I've been playing that venue since I was like 13 years old. And it was like first time I played a full saxophone set there. And it was the first time I got to play with the Dow Boys there. It was really awesome. That's but sick. that was, it's a pretty small stage. They had backlined at least one of the headliner bands. So like we were already pushed to the front of the stage. And so, yeah, I was just like 
in I was just standing in front of you know it's like a high rise stage so it probably mm-hmm. came up to me like here and <laughs> and I'm the only one on the floor but you know it was fine but like yeah like the crowd was like literally like there like in front right. of my face essentially and I'm holding this like giant could be weapon <laughs> you know made of made of brass right um, and so I'm sure they had a lot of close calls more than I did that night, but I wouldn't have known because I was too busy playing. And if they got hit, they just need to move. Um, so, but there's been a couple times uh, where I've almost gotten uh, jabbed by Amber's bow, and I might it might have actually happened, but it didn't really hurt. I can't remember. But there was a lot of close calls where, like, I saw the point of her bow, like in my eye, like it could have been my eye, yeah. Cause like, so on, on that summer tour, like there was, I think there was maybe one stage where I had to be off the stage, but I was also doing the, the, the samples, like I was triggering the samples at that, mm-hmm. at that, on that tour. So like I had this like keyboard stand set up and like my laptop and a MIDI controller and all my sax stuff. So like I generally had a spot on stage mm-hmm. and it was right in front of the drummer and Amber's right next to me. So like there was, and like, you know, her bow goes in the direction of where I'm standing. So yeah, there was, there was definitely a lot of close calls with that where I was like, Ooh, (laughs) I almost just got my eye taken out. But there's somehow this like innate, like feeling of knowing where your bandmates are. And like, there wasn't really any, there hasn't been any big collisions or anything. And it's like, I've been, I've noticed it since my earliest bands, you know, like I remember, uh the same kind of thing like i took a look to my right and like the bassist headstock went like past my face like as close as it possibly could without connecting with me (laughs) and being like huh like that just yeah that could have been bad (laughs) and then like remembering just like never really bumping into them and people being like yeah you guys somehow know where you are you know it's like something that comes with just like playing this kind of music for a long time is just Mm -hmm. like somehow knowing that like where your space is and where other people's space is and like just staying out of it just ever so slightly (laughs) orchestrated chaos yeah exactly (laughs) you have like a spidey senses it's good (laughs) yeah uh well i know that uh that uh celebrity therapist has been out for a bit are you guys writing is there a record for 23 24 yeah so i don't know if you're allowed to speak on this <laughs> it was it was already like teased and even like a a, a uh, an article written about so i'm sure I, i'm not revealing anything by saying okay. like yeah we're working on uh an ep right now okay um i'm not even actually i have actually no idea when it's supposed to come out all i know is that yeah, because there were other plans, and then I heard, and then all of a sudden there was uh, a new song sent to me with "How quickly can you get this done?" And then I was like, "Oh, are we still doing this?" And they were like, "Oh, no, no, no! Now we're doing uh, an EP, and I need this done by this date." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So, <laughs> so yeah, there is a, a, an EP being worked on, um, but that's all the details that I know right now is that um we're 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 writing it right now like i even just before this i had uh i had wrapped up something last night and i was like oh yeah i need to do harmonies on that so like i was mm-hmm. brewing coffee and writing the harmony for for, for a part <laughs> for a new song that's cool i i love that you have your setup there so you can just basically track everything they don't even have to bring you to a studio or yeah i have a yeah i have a pretty good mic um and yeah i mean i think our music is loud enough and right now where like uh room noise is not that big a deal like and like my rooms aren't like crazy loud like if you like really listen and take a really close listen you can hear it and like Mm -hmm. someone who's like you know if if i got hired to do something and i sent it off (laughs) they they might be like why does it have room noise on it you know (laughs) but like you know we're it's it's a band that i'm a part of so i haven't heard anything about it yet but Mm -hmm. yeah i have a pretty good mic i have a pretty good interface and uh yeah, even even the stuff on Celebrity Therapist was yeah just recorded at my apartment on Long Island before we moved up here. Same same mic and interface setup, but yeah, just recorded it, sent it off. They were like, "Yep, sounds awesome." It's amazing. They ended up on the album, you know. Um, I'm sh- that's I'm, I'm imagining that's what's going to happen for this for this EP. Um, I think 
um, because there was other plans and a, and a studio mentioned for before the for you know before I heard about the EP. Um, so I would imagine that yeah, I'm just gonna. Um, you know, I'm sending off demos right now. I'm going to, you know, recut them and make sure that they're how I want it to sound <laughs> right now. It's just like, here's the idea. Let me know if you need mm-hmm. any changes, but, um, but I'm, I'm, I would imagine that after this EP, especially whatever the next like bigger LP release would be, we're going to go to a studio and like, everyone's going to record Sick. in the studio, including me. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's always fun for like collaboration and, uh, especially like adding in elements like the violin and mm-hmm. the, um, the saxophone, that's going to be cool to have everybody there to kind of, you know, hear it out and feel the vibe yeah, of it. It's like, it's definitely something I'm excited for, like with celebrity therapist and die Mars, like it was just kind of like, you know, this is the song we would like you to play on. This is what we're thinking. And then mm-hmm. like a little bit of emails back and forth or text back and forth. Like, yes, this was cool. Can you change this up a little bit, you know? Um, and then just, that was it. And then I got the, the final product back. So yeah, I'm excited to be part of like a little bit more part of the process for sure. You know, like to be in the room and like, not even just with my parts, just to be around for other parts and like, some idea like you know everyone's everyone hears things differently you know right. so like um yeah to just to, to be able to be part of that input it's gonna be really fun yeah so stoked to hear what comes out we'll we'll be looking out for it uh when there's more info but uh yeah i mean that's really cool uh super cool that that you're like a part of the band and not just you know like sending in solos and stuff so yeah. uh, um excited to see what the callous Dow boys what what instrument they add next <laughs> <laughs> we'll see there's there's a tweet like every every like six months or so of like who plays a weird instrument non-conventional instrument and then like it'll get added somewhere along the, the way the, the whether or not it's, yeah whether or not it's like a demo that gets pushed out to the next release or, or it comes out in six months you know it'll it'll end up on there somewhere sick uh i i love that that just level of creativity is like we're just gonna put it in whatever like i don't care <laughs> yeah i think that was that's definitely part of what drew me to the band you know mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of what you know we were playing prog metal not mathcore but it was the same same kind of thing it was like yeah. we weren't afraid to just do whatever we thought might be cool it wasn't like well, well what if people don't like this or what if it does what if it sounds weird it doesn't if it sounds good and good if it sounds weird you know like, yeah exactly good you know that's, that's what, what we're going, going for, for right? exactly yeah <laughs> You know, so it's cool, like, to be in that same kind of environment where, like, it's just kind of like, you know, what, what do you got? You know, like, (laughs) like, it's not like, this is what we need. And like, you know, there are, you know, they give directions, like, this is what we were thinking, but it's not like, this is what we need, record it, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah, and like, and, and what else would be cool? And even like, uh, I was working on a demo, and there was this one part that was like, very Latin inspired. And I was like, they didn't ask for anything here, but I'm going to write a three-part horn harmony based on, like, a Latin horn part. And, like, just wrote this, like, three-part harmony, and it sounded like, you know, like a Latin band with a trumpet blaring over it. And I was like, this sounds dope. And I sent it off, and they were like, holy crap, that's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> See, yeah, this, is, so. this is why every band in some form needs, like, like a a brass or wind player to hear just hear it like just be like right. where can we yeah. put some shit yeah. <laughs> some non-conventional orchestration yeah so uh well that's really awesome um stoked to see what the dow boys are doing uh everything that you got going on with the the artistry uh management um but i really enjoyed talking to you rich uh i just have one last question for you sure what's your favorite city for beans and breakdowns favorite city yeah uh long island new york like yeah that's where i get my coffee that's where i've gotten my breakdowns for over 10 years now yeah shout out amh shout out h yeah shout out bill all the bands uh uh uh, let's do koyo is hangman still around i'm Uh, not sure but yeah hangman moontooth moontooth um my boys shit there's too many bands from long island anyway shout out long island The good source of beans and breakdowns. That, that's it. It's like the number one source of beans and breakdowns because <laughs> there's so many people. <laughs> uh, well, Rich, thank you so much. Uh, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I, yeah, man. Excited to see what what things do. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Being Some Breakdowns. I want to say huge thanks to Rich for hanging out on the podcast. Be sure to check out Thought Crime and sometime in February. Also, check out the Callus Dow Boys. Their album, Celebrity Therapist, is available on all listening platforms. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find out more information about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns or on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up.